each company is starting to offer more options within their platform, which I think is nice too. I think that's going to be a big improvement and just like the overall like seamlessness of the experience too. Welcome back to For the Future, your favorite podcast about future tech, automation, and the sorts kind of surrounding Industry 4.0. I am Mark. And this is Michael. And today we're going to kind of take a, a look at kind of the top five home automation devices, categories for, for you trying to get into home automation. If you've never done it, where do you start? What are some of the kind of top brands that are most popular and go from there just to kind of give everyone an overview. Uh, But first, as always, we have a little bit of news. And Michael, what did you what did you find this week? (laughs) Well, we'll do two real quick. Uh, I guess the the first obligatory uh, Intel dropped a new generation of processors, Mm -hmm. which is pretty, uh, pretty standard for the for the course, but yes. um, take a look at them. There's lots of great reviews on them so far. Um, the cool thing with it is, just to know off the top of your head, is they're basically playing catch up with Apple Silicon at this point. Um, basically, Apple has designed a new architecture for processors, which hasn't been done in a long, long time. Um, and they are just blowing the socks off of everybody in the industry. I mean, uh, the performance out of Apple Silicon is just mind-blowing. Um, and basically, it was so much so that Intel has had to play catch-up to be to continue being relevant, which is crazy. So um, that's really awesome to see. It's I mean, the more competition we have. So basically, it used to be just AMD and Intel, mm-hmm. and now it's AMD, Intel, and Apple Silicon, which is crazy that a single company um, put that together. So... With that, I feel like the main thing that Apple did is they kind of split up the chips to have a dedicated set of like powerful cores and then like a set of efficiency cores. So that's why Apple has crazy performance, but at the same time, they have crazy good battery life. Like the new uh, MacBook Pros that just dropped still mm-hmm. have like 20 hours of video playback. So if you're if you're not doing anything besides watching YouTube or you're watching like a video that's on your computer, your computer will last forever because even though it's a pro model and it can do all these crazy like video editing and you, I'm just, I'm excited to see if people can actually play games on them because they have 120 Hertz panels on them. Now mm-hmm. Intel's now just trying to play catch up and they're doing a similar thing. So they have their power cores, they have their efficiency cores just mm-hmm. because they're like, Oh no, Apple is doing this way better than us. And they just started. So yep. very interesting. So yeah, good, good little bit of news to bring up. And then you had one other thing. <laughs> yeah. And here's your, uh, your, YouTube special straight from Poland. Um, there's a research group of, uh, of enthusiasts who are working on um, building automaton robots. And the whole oh. idea here is they're trying to make it as lifelike as possible. So they're working with a new kind of actuator. Um, it's called a McKibben actuator. So basically, it, it works just like a muscle. Um, and you end up with these little tubes within an arm. And uh, you can check out some videos of Basically, it looks like a, a guy wearing a white sleeve over his arm and like the, the robotic arm is grabbing and lifting a pretty heavy weight. Um, and it, it all fits inside of, the, you know, just the size of a normal human arm. It doesn't look like a big, crazy 
robot mm-hmm. or anything. So looks very sci-fi. Looks very uh, you know Terminator ish. Um, so cool to check out there. It's this little tiny YouTube channel. And like Mark was when he was looking at the videos, like, oh my gosh, they have like 2 million views in this one video and they have like less than 10,000 subscribers. So yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah. They've been building a lot of traction lately. <laughs> yeah. The tendons remind me of, do you remember like those paper handcuffs that you put on like your fingers? Is yeah. That what they were called? That's what it reminds me of like the, the contracting and uh, expanding that you would do mm-hmm. to like get those like whatever finger handcuffs off. That's what it looks like in the inside of this arm. Like when the fingers pull up, the the tendon you know hardens up or relaxes mm-hmm. based on that. But that's what it reminded me of for trying to trying to make a visual for people listening to this podcast that couldn't watch the video like we did. That's like what it yeah. reminds me of. So there's like tons of those inside the size of a forearm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's pretty wild. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if this like research and stuff can be used in the future for prosthetics. Yeah, and I think I think they are. This style of actuator is being used in prosthetics, like research right now. I'm not sure mm. it's actually deployed in actual like prosthetics yet. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's got a lot of merit. Um, the big deal is is that it's it's very very powerful in a very small package, and it it mimics how human muscle like contracts. Like you you apply a current to your muscle, and that causes the um, the muscle fibers to contract and then relax, right? And so these work very similar. Similarly, basically, you can watch a video on how to build one very quickly. Um, it's basically just surgical tubing with um, nylon webbing sleeve wrapped over the top of it. And you apply pressure and that causes it to contract. So just take a syringe, connect hmm. it up. And uh, when you relax the air pressure out of it, the little actuator, I'm calling it an actuator. It looks, it looks like a little muscle, basically. Yeah. That's how it, that's basically how it functions. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So I guess we'll, we'll keep following that to see what happens. I know it's probably Michael's watched like two videos. So now his YouTube algorithm will be full of robotic arms now. So yeah, basically, <laughs> well, it's always, it's always full of little, little actuators and stuff, robotic arms and stuff that people are building. But the whole idea with the project though, is to create an entire like walking robot that looks like exactly like a human. So um, if they actually pull it off, it's pretty cool. The arm looks, I mean, they've basically just got like one, one arm working at this point, but the, the idea is that's going to be a fully working, walking human automaton. So yeah, maybe they'll partner with, wasn't it SpaceX or Tesla that launched, they're going to make a robot that looks like a human, but everyone's like, that's just a human oh, in a costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Tesla. Yeah. And it's Tesla, like, yeah. But I mean, if they were using these little actuators like this, yeah. maybe they could pull it off. I don't know. Like Tesla chips with this technology. And yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, good. I don't know. We'll see. Good news. Good news. That's a, uh, I like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. We always, you know, the closer we can get the Terminator, the better, right? I mean, that's always <laughs> the goal here. So, <laughs> okay. And on to the, the main topics for today. We kind of want to go through a top five of like, these are the areas that if you're looking to get into home automation would be a pretty simple way to do that. So I'll start off with the, the first one that I think anyone can get into right away is smart lights. So I know Philips Hughes are kind of the dominant brand in my opinion. There's There could be other ones. I just know like Philips Hughes, they make the light bars, they make the bulbs that go into any like, you mm-hmm. know, standard light socket. They go... They have like everything. Philips being a already kind of established brand, I'm sure it wasn't that hard for them to get into. Um, one thing we should say is that with the smart lights, the 
certain packages come with that hub, right? You need that hub. Yep. The smart lights would be where you start. They come with, you need to get like the starter pack and it comes with the kind of controller. And to explain that really simply, so like if you go to Home Depot and, and go buy a pack of Philips Hughes, you might have a little bit of sticker shock. They can be really expensive to buy mm-hmm. into. Um, and the reason for that, that little hub that Mark's talking about is basically it's it's like its own little Wi-Fi sender is like a it's like a yeah. it's like a separate router just for smart devices, which once you have one, you don't need to buy another one. And then that kind of it starts leveraging itself, right? You start being able to buy devices. It's kind of like once you have power drills and you have the battery packs, you can go buy a tool without battery packs. Yep. Um, you can think about it that way. Whereas if you do, you know, another another company like I just bought some on sale from Amazon was uh, some from Casa and they partner with TP-Link. And if you happen to have the router, it works really nicely together. But, you know, then you can instead of it being $200 for like four light bulbs in a, in a way station, it's like I think the bulbs are maybe like $8 a piece. So it's like almost getting down parity with like what, you know a nicer light bulb would cost. Um, that's just a normal light bulb. So, yeah. uh, but that one works through your phone. So you connect that to your normal router and it's not its own dedicated, like, um, home automation Wi-Fi band. So there's pros and cons with that. We don't have to go into the details there, but if you just want something to just work, um, you can, you can go either way. If you want to save a lot of money, you can do something that works with an app on your phone. Um, there's a couple of different brands that, that work that way, but just know that's one of the big divides in home automation. So, Yeah, like every company is doing their own thing and they each have their own app to control yeah. their own. So you need, and we'll get to this, but you need kind of a device that can talk to all of those and mm. control them all at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the big reasons that like, home automation devices and stuff are having a hard time like taking off is that there are like the market is so fragmented. There's so many different ways to do it. And I think that makes it tough for people. So hopefully we can give you, give everyone that uh, all of our listeners a um, couple of easy ways to start getting into it and just to start playing around with it and then you can go from there. Right. Another side thing to not <laughs> the push side people thing to get the side thing. <laughs> yeah. To get people to like kind of excited about smart lights. It's kind of cool. Like you can change the temperature of the light. You can go like up mm-hmm. a step on the Philips Hughes and get lights that have, you know, RGB. So they're all different colors. So if you wanted your house to be purple for one night, you're throwing a party or something. If all of your lights or the majority of them were smart lights, it'd be kind of a cool addition. Mm-hmm. And these are all LEDs, right? So they should, I don't know what the hours are on an LED, but it's much longer than your standard fluorescent. Yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be super efficient. They're um, going to last a really long time. So that's the nice thing is that it's not something that's going to burn out in a year. So mm-hmm. if you are investing into something like a Philips Hue and like you decide that that's the right way for you to go, you're going to have them for a long time, right? And they're the kind of thing if you're moving apartments, like you'll take your smart light bulbs with you. You're not just going to leave them in the sockets, you know, mm-hmm. um, or if you're in your house, you know, smart like led lights can last five to seven years sometimes i mean they can last a long long time so um that's a nice thing to know with those two but yeah i mean that's one thing i like a lot is being able to change the color um you know as and you can actually kind of the next step is you can have things turn lights turn on and off with the sunset and the sunrise um you can have the light temperature change throughout the day so if you're Mm. If you really like the blue light filters and stuff on your on your computer screens and things like that on your phone, um, you can have your lights do that as well. As it's like you're winding down for bed, it can you know the lights will slowly get more and more um, 
yellow in color versus like yeah. during the day they can be that bright blue light if you like that um so there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that once you once you have those um i was gonna say too that it's a uh, it's kind of a thing maybe for like gen Zers, but i, no- I notice a lot of like uh you know, kids our age and maybe a little younger yet is they really are big into having like led strips. And that's just like, just have green lights while you're reading a book or whatever. And that's just like a calming thing. Um, but it's, it's really interesting that that's, you know, that's just a different way that people live, I guess. And that's, uh, something you can do if you've got these lights. So, uh, that's a pretty common thing. And I, I remember helping people build little, LED strip drivers to, you know, in college to do that for the room because they're kind of expensive to get set up. Um, so this is a way to get around that pretty easily. Yeah. Okay. Last side tangent. I swear listeners that this is the last thing we're talking about smart lights. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people and myself included have like those sunlight like lamps, mm. you know, like, like where you wake up to the sunrise and sunset or, you know, whatever you're using. Um, I know when I was using Philips Hughes in my old place, there's a program within the Philips Hughes app that like, hey, do you want these to turn on like with your alarm? And so you can do the same kind of thing where like, you know, 20 minutes before a certain time that you select in the app, they'll start to slowly turn on so that by the time your alarm goes off, there'll be full brightness and you'll be a more a gentle rise versus your alarm clock blaring in the middle of darkness yeah. especially here in minnesota winters where it's dark for a long time <laughs> yeah right. i was gonna say a big big fan of that yeah yeah um okay so moving on from lights <laughs> not too far from it but uh so let's just say you've got a lot of led light bulbs or whatever you're like ah, i don't want to buy new light bulbs you know um so another option for you is you can get into smart plugs and you can get strips you can get just individual uh just little wall warts that you would put in between your 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 um device on the wall and the outlet. Yeah. yeah basically you plug into you plug into it and then it plugs into the wall so it's just in between it and it's just a switch that goes in between the your device and the wall um but all of a sudden that makes your whatever fixture um all of a sudden smart so you can again connect to it through an app or um their home kit or however you're going to interface with that and it gives you control to turn things on and off now it's not going to give you the same level of control as the actual smart light bulbs um mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do the dimming and color change and things like that. But um, it does open you up to being able to do other things, right? Like you can get into coffee pots. You can get into trying to think of a few other things. But anything that you could that you would want to be able to turn on and off, uh, you know, from your phone or automatically, um, like we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, that that is open to you. And that can be a really awesome uh, device to have. And they're really, really cheap, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you can get you can get them for like less than like like five bucks or I don't know, a two pack for like $8 or something. They're really cheap, um, but can be really helpful f- um, for certain devices. So another one to keep in mind. Yeah, when I was trying to set up my apartment for like um, automatic lights to turn on and off when I was leaving, we had a like, couple fancy lamps that at the time like they used like Edison, those cool like Edison bulbs, and they didn't have smart bulbs like that at the time. And so I bought a smart plug and was able to then turn on this fancy lamp that was, you know, quote unquote, dumb, just a normal lamp and make it smart and turn on and off when I wanted to. Exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly what it's for, you know. Um, yeah, yeah it kind of gives you, it makes dumb devices a little bit smarter, right? Yep. The next uh, thing we wanted to bring up is kind of smart security. So this is your smart doorbells, smart cameras. Um, and one example I wanted to bring up is that during one of Apple's recent events, they were showing how you could link up 
they're like smart cameras and smart doorbells with like an Apple TV. So let's say you're watching Apple TV down in your basement and someone rings your doorbell, like a little picture in picture window will show up on like the top right of your you know Netflix show and it'll show your friends outside, you know, waiting at the door. You can then say like, hey, Siri, unlock the front door and you'll have a smart switch. Oh, mm-hmm. I said that and um, <laughs> Siri on my MacBook turned on. Oops. <laughs> I can't say, can't say the magic words. You got to be careful uh, of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then it'll unlock the front door. And so you can just hang downstairs while your friends, you know, pile in and come down and watch the movie with you. So I thought that was a really cool, like, mm-hmm. again, it kind of s- s- speaks to like extreme laziness almost like, which I get, it's kind of like the, the theme that we've talked about is like, it's like, what, what can technology do to make your life easier? And that's like what, you know, industry 4.0 kind of for like us is what can technology do to make our lives easier? And I guess this way, you don't have to go upstairs, unlock the door, or at least even like check who's out there. If you don't like, if it's like a, I don't know, door to door salesman and you don't want to go talk to them, it'll pop up on your screen. You'll be like, yep, nah, I don't need to unlock the front door. I'm going to keep watching my show. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. So it's the smart doorbells, locks, cameras, that sort of thing. Anything you can think of for security, like a classic security system, they now make mm-hmm. like a smart version of it, which is super nice. Yeah, I think that's a great example too of like a really well integrated like ecosystem of devices, right? You've mm-hmm. got um, all those Apple devices, Apple HomeKit with Apple TV, with a ring with a, a ring style doorbell that works with their stuff. And that's how you're going to get really, really nice tight integration um, without a lot of programming background which will you know we'll wrap up this episode talking about how you could get into that if you really want to do it that way um but that's if you can stick within one ecosystem if you can buy one brand of um lights and plugs and switches and other smart devices right um that's all going to be designed to work together nicely and you're going to get cool little features like that where it's going to be able to bring up a little tv a little window on your tv to you know, and it's going to integrate with your phone, with Siri, and um, that's really, really convenient. So that's something to keep in mind. If you want to keep this really easy and simple and have it work really, really well, probably in your best interest to pick like one one brand, one flavor, and kind of mm-hmm. stick with it, um, which, I, you know, Apple, I know uh, Mark's a big Apple guy, so, you know, HomeKit makes a ton of sense for him, right? Um, right. You know, and I'm cheap and saw a good sale on Amazon. So now I'm a, I'm a Casa or Casa. I don't even know how to say it. TP Link is they're kind of partnered together. Yeah, that's I'm kind of buying buying their light, their lights and their smart plugs and stuff because it all works within one app. Um, and that's really convenient once you've kind of picked something and stick with it. So, yeah, so it's like pick, pick your poison. You, like mm-hmm. you got to find one kind of master class of your devices. So, yeah, I ideally and. And I think, you know, the the industry is starting to consolidate and stuff. So it's less like lots of random little startup, you know, cheap, smart light bulbs that you can find on Amazon and stuff. So um, it's probably getting a little easier to not end up with something that isn't going to work well. It doesn't integrate with anything else, you know. So and and those bigger companies are starting to offer more and more things. Um, so you don't have to go to one company for the smart doorbell and one for the lights and one for the plugs and one for security. And each company is starting to offer more options within their platform, which I think is nice too. I think that's going to be a big improvement and just like the overall like seamlessness of the experience too. 
And speaking of seamlessness and mentioning Siri, uh, we, we got to talk about smart speakers and assistants for a little bit. So this is another one. Um, I currently have a couple of devices sitting in drawers and I'm still debating if I want to have something listening to me all the time, but um, it's probably fine. I just haven't set them. It's mostly laziness. I just haven't set them up yet. But I know a lot of people and, you, you know, probably most of our listeners have Alexa or Siri or Google Home or yeah. whatever, um, whatever brand you picked, whatever poison you picked. <laughs> and they could be really cool devices as long as you can remember the catchphrase that you set up. Um, that's, I think, been my struggle with them is that I always forget exactly how I asked for the weather or how to turn what I called you know, certain lights and stuff like that. So right. for me, I find it kind of frustrating, but I know some people really love that. They walk in, they say, you know, turn on the the sun and the, you know, um, the main living room lights all come on or whatever it is. So, uh, but they can do a lot more than that, right? They can play music automatically while you're cooking. Um, they can activate and deactivate and change all of these devices on the fly. Oh, and we forgot to mention the brand new Apple HomePod Mini, which was just announced. So keep that on your radar too. Uh, new I colors. Think Mark has some strong feelings about them, but yeah, the one we have doesn't work very well. So I'm not. Oh, not you the have one. Fan. I didn't know you had one. Oh no. Yeah, my yeah, it's sitting on a table. It was like a Best Buy deal or something, or there's like a we like a gift <laughs> card to use, you know, before like the end of the week. Yeah. So I went in there. I was like, oh, these are whatever. Now it's forty dollars instead of a hundred. Let's get one of these to try out doesn't work very well the music starts when you don't want to start but i digress we'll go back to the smart speaker assistant talk what i wanted to bring up is that it's kind of a not essential but essential to use these to kind of bring everything together so when i was trying to do smart automation in my place google home for example does have like a list of different companies that you can use so i was compatible yeah yeah i was using tp link um smart outlets with my philips hughes lights and so mm. they're all kind of connected. So I'd come home and I'd say, hey, Google, I'm home. And it would tell the link, uh, tell the smart outlet to turn on that lamp. It would turn on the Philips Hughes lights and it would all kind of work together. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about smart lights, plugs, smart security, but you do kind of need an assistant to make this automated. It, it is and isn't automated. You can you know do timings on lights and you can do you know timings on plugs, mm-hmm. but it really is the assistant that brings it all together and makes it an alleviated experience for you it's like something that isn't a hassle yeah i think it can be i think it can be like one really good and easy way to do that um Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think i agree with you on that and that's probably one reason why i haven't i haven't dove quite as deep into this as as i should have um or at this point but yeah i'm definitely Maybe I'll maybe I'll grab that that home that home kit or and all the um, I've got like one of the Google Nest Minis or something. I think they just sent me one yeah. for free for being like the only YouTube Premium subscriber in the U.S. And they're like, "Hey, <laughs> thank you for paying us money to not have ads on YouTube. Everyone else just uses, you know, uh, ad block. But thanks. Here's a home. Here's a Nest Mini. And I'm like, that's weird, but okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So I've got one sitting around. I haven't used it yet, but anyway. But like back to our previous point of, you know, kind of sticking with a similar brand, <laughs> you will like need to use their apps to get them kind of initially set up. So it still makes mm-hmm. sense to kind of be under the same uh, roof. But then when you bring it into Google, it's also nice to like, oh yeah, I've already set up a TP-Link device or a Casa device. I know how to do it. I know what's going to work with my Google. Yeah. I don't need like guess or check. It's just like already there. So Mm-hmm. Even though it, it accepts a whole bunch of different brands that you can connect to and control, it, I would say it still helps to kind of stick with one that you that you like. Yep. 
Yep, definitely. And to round off the list here with number five is the smart thermostat, which I feel like was kind of the initial home automation. Like that's what kind of first grabbed people's attention. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we can control the temperature without having to control the temperature. Let's do it for us. So yeah. with that, there's kind of the two big brands, which is Google Nest and Ecobee, which I think is kind of the, the newer one. I've always heard of the Google Nests, which initially mm-hmm. started out as Nest and then Google bought yep. them. Yep. So those are the two, you know, we've talked about it, but in, it's kind of the similar thing where let's say you're, you're not home for eight hours a day and you can turn off the AC for those eight hours. It's going to do that automatically. It's going to learn your habits mm-hmm. when you come in and out and save yep. money. They, I know they, on their website, it kind of says like on average, a user will save like 200 bucks a year on their heating yep. and cooling bills, which then makes like the ROI on it like a year or two years. So why not? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a great example yeah. of a learning, like a learning alg- algorithm that's, um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make your experience better. And if you've ever, every time you move to a new apartment and you have to fiddle around with the, you know, with the, um, the old thermostat and it doesn't quite work and they're all a little bit different and you got to change them when, you know, as the temperature is mm-hmm. changing for the seasons and, you know, or you could just have a smart one that you pop in the wall, you know, you connect it to your new Wi-Fi and away it goes. So right. super convenient. <laughs> That's the list of, you know, if you're just looking to get into this, you've heard us talk about smart devices and home automation a lot. And you're like, gee, that sounds great. How do I, you know, where do I get started? How do I get into this? Um, I think that's five really solid avenues to start off. I would guess most people have at least one of these already, you know, whether it was the thermostat went bad, we went and just got a nest anyway, you know, and haven't really started using it too much. Maybe check into like all the features it has um, and then you pair that with an assistant, you pair that with lights, um, you start, you know, building an ecosystem of all these, all these devices together. That's when you can get some really cool stuff. Um, where as you walk in the door, you can have five or six different things all happen at once. All right. Every time you leave or, or come home or certain people come, come in and and leave, um, you can have a lot of stuff happen automatically, which is just freeing up more time to rush and make something before friends come over or whatever it might be. And so to, to take it that next step, um, I think this is going to be a future episode at this point, but um, you can go a lot further down the rabbit hole with home automation. Um, if you're really into it, I know Linus uh, from Linus Tech Tips just did a, a huge series on automating his house and the trials and tribulations. And I mean, his his end result is just amazing. I mean, it's really, really cool. Like automatic AC throughout the house, like like individual room temperature control. And it actually can like the system can track individual people through the house and you can have like, it'll like uh, you can pre-program in like what temperature each person wants to have rooms at. (laughs) And if two people are in there with different numbers, it'll like average the different, like it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Like individual. I think I've always thought that like individual room air conditioning and heating is like, why don't we do that? Why isn't that a thing? And it turns out because it's kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, but they've got like tracking throughout the house. So anyway, they used a lot of different tools to make that happen. One easy one and one that I think a lot of people could get into. And once you have kind of this army of devices um, and you're like, man, it'd be great if, you know, why do I have to announce to the root, to the, to the Google assistant that I am home 
wouldn't it be great if it just knew I was on my way home and it could you know raise or lower the temperature or whatever it's going to do? And with a service called IFTTT, which is if this, then that, um, you can do stuff like that. And it does. It goes way deeper and does a lot more than that. Um, just working with home automation, you can use it with social media and email and productivity and all different uh, all different things. But basically, it's a way to write scripts and applets where you can make things trigger automatically and make all these different services talk with each other. So, like one example was. Every time you get tagged in a post on Facebook, it can automatically ping you or tweet it or save that um, to your phone. I mean, there's all kinds of different crazy things like that, but that's kind of that next level. And if you really like one company's option or devices or cameras or whatever it might be, but you really want another company for some other device, like you really want to cherry pick a couple of different devices, um, this can be one way to not only bring them together, but then kind of take it that next step and get to another level of automation where uh, basically if something happens, then this happens, right? And that's kind of a really, really the simplest way I can describe programming, but it's a super duper easy, basic programming language where basically um, you can get events to trigger other things to start happening. So um, I think we'll do a separate episode on that. I think it could be really cool. Maybe we'll pick, you know, smart lights and try to get so like when we're on our way home, it'll track us and turn on the lights as you're walking in the door, which I think would be really cool. That's the kind of thing that you can pull off with uh, some really simple stuff. And actually, you can just download apps that were already pre-programmed by somebody else. Hmm. And so you just key in your information and it just does it automatically for you. So you can like kind of take that open source code and use it yourself. So that can be a really cool thing to set up too. A lot more time and effort to make that happen. But if that's kind of how you get that next level of seamless integration and automation. So yeah, so so stay tuned for a more in depth episode on IFTTT, and well, I'm sure we'll do some some more in depth talk, and then maybe some you know maybe another top five of these are some of the coolest applications we've seen using it. But with that, that's where we're going to end the episode today. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any uh, comments or thoughts on this week's episode you know have you done home automation what uh, has been a success what's been a failure on you know your end we'd love to hear it uh, email us at for the future pod at gmail.com that's f-o-u-r the future pod at gmail.com thanks bye thanks for listening and we'll see you next week